there's always action plans. Like there's, if, if something happens, there's five whys that you want to ask yourself and get to the root of the problem and then address that and solve that and textbook stuff. But at the same time, sometimes the root of the problem is that people don't feel heard. You're listening to Toolbox for the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders, their best tips and tricks of the trades, learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition, and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Gulovic, the GM of Coastal Heat Pumps in Sydney, British Columbia. I spoke with Ashley about the importance of listening, switching from a reactive strategy to a proactive strategy, and the challenges of not only being a woman in the trades, but being the boss's daughter. Enjoy. Ashley Gulovich, you are the GM of Coastal Heat Pumps in British Columbia, Canada. I am so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I am so excited to chat with you. Uh, We just found out before this podcast aired that Ashley is four days older than me exactly. So we're already on the same vibes. Um, So I think we are going to explore a lot of different areas today. You did not get into the trades in a very organic way. So I'm going to kick off this podcast the way I always do, which is how did you get into the trades? Well, I, I took a free trip with my mom and my dad and I saw, I kind of bought into their vision. So that's a short story. The long version, I guess, would be, I was at a cool point in my life. I was in the travel industry for about 10 years and I was getting kind of done with it. I was working for an airline and I came up with five plans. And I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I decided I was either gonna work for the government, I was gonna move to England, I was going to, oh, I forget the other three. I think I was gonna go to school and be a full-time student, and I created five just so wildly different plans. And everyone thought I was crazy and thought I was in this like crisis in my life, but everything seemed so clear. And then my parents said, hey, Ashley, we uh, have joined a, like a consulting company and they're going to help us grow our business and we're wondering if you and your sister will come to texas with us and it was the same visit with my parents that i was telling them i was moving to england and uh i was like well i'll move to england in three months and i'll come on this trip with you first and then i'm going to move to england so my sister and i packed up our suitcases and we went with my parents and the the ask was can you please be our eyes and our ears in this boot camp. Um, it's with Service Nation Alliance, so lots of people know about that. And I knew nothing about it at the time. So I went to this boot camp and we learned with Vicky all about numbers and we learned about marketing. And it, it was the first time that I'd ever been introduced into my parents' company. Um, my parents have owned a business since I was four years old and it's been different companies. But it's never been open to the family. It's been their thing. There was no pressure. So yeah, my sister and I 
we're kind of sitting writing notes and making jokes and being like the disturbance in the class but we totally fell in love and just got a vision and and got excited about where my parents were it was a paper-based company with my mom my dad and their friend answering the phones they had five technicians and everything was a possibility nothing was off the table i came from like corporate structured regulatory bodies controlling what we do making sure we had passes and clearances and all these stuff and my parents came in and were like we have a white canvas that we want to paint all sorts of colors um so i came out of that it part of it was bringing on service titan so yeah we i just i got really excited which is easy for me to do but like i got really excited and i quit my job um like three i think three weeks later i gave my notice and i was like let's do it and we i went from airplanes to air handlers i love that story and does your sister still work for the company as well she's in the she's here now <laughs> so we're both full time and it didn't start off full time i pretty much started full time right away and got like right in the office and started just learning and making changes and listening and listening actually I listen to a lot of your podcast to be honest with you um yeah yeah I'm fangirling and I learned yeah just learning from we are in an A advisory group an AB80 so uh with Angie Snow at the time was leading the AB80 group and so she's been a huge mentor and just uh support for me. I don't know how much she knows of that or not, but I've always kind of looked to her and and different resources and stuff that she's put out for learning, but um yeah, my sister and I are here full time now and uh, we're doing it. Oh my goodness. I could take this interview so many different directions. I absolutely love it. I love your enthusiasm. It honestly is infectious just talking to you. You can hear your smile if folks aren't watching the video. I'm sure they can hear your smile over the audio. Angie Snow, also one of my favorite women in the trades. She's been a guest on this podcast. I've also partnered with her on countless other content initiatives on Service Titan, which we'll link in the show notes. I love what you just said, though, about like the first thing I did when I came to Coastal Heat Pumps was I did a lot of listening because I'm talking more and more to people our age, honestly, who are getting in the trades. It wasn't their first career. They're coming into it later. And the ones that I think are the most successful are the ones who listen the most. Do you agree? I 100% agree. And there's so much more to that. And I'm going to get emotional throughout this podcast just because where we are in the journey of like the growth and change and development of the company we're like in it right now so the skill of listening i think really is a make it or break it for any sort of change or or projected change that you want to go through and and going through complex change i am really thankful in the careers that i've had for example with um the airline i was with they had a lot of values that i really stuck with me and and formed who I am and one of them was you don't need to know the answer but you need to know where to find the answer and that will always change and that will always move so there's no know-it-alls here and you can teach people skills but you can't teach people trust and coming into this industry my real goal was like one I know nothing so you guys have to teach me and I have to listen to what that is and my Dad really built this company on like values and trust and integrity and values that you have in a family the exact values that he raised me and my siblings with and my mom raised me and my siblings with are the same values he's brought in the company but I 
couldn't see that until I just listened. I had to go on job shadows and I went with every technician we had at the time to see what it was that they were doing and what did they like about their job? What didn't they like about their job? What was a pain point? What was working? What wasn't? What did they want more of? What did they want less of? Um, you could only do that by listening. And in the process of that, my journey, I think at some point, I uh, there was so much value in those ride-alongs and so many takeaways and so much excitement that came from it that at some point I couldn't remember everything and I started writing everything down. And um, through some of the complex change of going through COVID and all of the things and the muck and what life is throwing at you, the nitty gritty, I became really insecure in my listening because so much was happening so fast. I wasn't able to listen anymore. I was writing everything down because I couldn't remember it. And in writing everything down, I stopped listening. And I don't know exactly when that happened, but it's something that I've been able to recognize about myself. And so I'm actually in my leadership and in my learning, going through a process of learning how to listen again. So yes, I think that it is the best skill to have and it sets you apart, but I don't think it's a skill that always lasts. Like it's a, it's something that you all, you know, it's a practice thing. And if you, if you don't, you, what is it? If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. You have to and nurture it. You have to nurture it. And I think, especially for leaders in companies or just if you're working with any sort of staff member or colleague, you know, when you're not listening and it, it just sets, it sets the platform for trust. It sets the platform for action and change and growth. If people hear that you're listening, then you can take action. Um, but yeah, there's a fine balance because I started writing everything down and now I feel like I can't remember anything. That's so interesting. I love that you just, you talk about the dichotomy between listening and actually writing things down. And I wonder if the listening component is because you're busy recording, you're not sitting and being present with the technician who's telling you, this is what I love about my job. This is what I absolutely hate about my job. And if you want me to be here for another year, you have to rectify this. Yeah. Wow. And one thing that I like because there's always action plans like there's if if something happens there's five whys that you want to ask yourself and get to the root of the problem and then address that and solve that and textbook stuff but at the same time sometimes the root of the problem is that people don't feel heard yeah and so just by actually sitting and listening which is i mean i'm reminding myself of this in this moment too but just by sitting and listening and hearing what people are saying you can you know solve so many like proactively solve so many things. And that is the action. And I know that we get so busy doing, 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 and like tangibly actioning things, but it can work away from us. Just being still is going to definitely be a theme, I think, through this entire interview. And I'm so happy that you talked about that value that you learned from one of your previous employers, which is it's okay to not know the answer, but you have to know where to get it. So I'd love to learn about what are some of the practices you've taken from your previous travel gigs and how are you implementing them at Coastal Heat Pumps? Whew, that's a loaded question. I was working for a cruise line and it was really centered around customer service. So I think that I learned a lot of customer service focused and facing things. Um, as it was really trained into us. So I think I've really been able to bring that into 
what we're doing with our customer service side of our business and giving people an amazing experience for coastal heat pumps. Small things, I don't love the word no. And in the service industry, you don't say no, but you all, you find the alternative. I actually am not sure what I, 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 I can't do this for you. What I can do is this. So speaking with positives and not negatives, just small customer service facing side of things. The travel industry is busy. There's a lot of people all the time. I was on ships with 7,000 people who needed to, you know, all do the same thing at the same time. And there was organized chaos and we would do it over and over and over and over again. And we would travel the world in different countries with different people, with different passports, with different visas. And these people were all still able to have the same experience. And I went to the airline industry where people with mobility issues or non-mobility issues with language barriers, with visa implications, they were all able to take the same flights and we would do it over and over and over and over again. And we were able to provide the same experience. You know, we'd have medical issues happen on airplanes that we had to deal with at an airport level. We would have security threats on airplanes or we'd have security threats on airports. So we'd have these big, big, big concepts that were happening in the travel industry and things still ran. And we could put human beings in tiny like metal tubes and fly them across the earth and so coming into this company, it was like, okay, if we can get people all around the world, whether it be planes, trains, or automobiles, with whatever life is throwing at them in happy situations, bad situations, why is this phone call posing a problem? Why is this, like, why can't I just answer this question really simply? Why can't I do this? If I can do this, why can't I do this? And... I really realized it's because where we were, um, I learned systems. And when you have a system, you can be proactive. You can kind of predict what outcomes are gonna come from different situations that you have. And there's procedures and there's policies and there's just structure. That was normal for me in that industry. So coming here, I didn't realize how unique that was. And yeah. that this company actually didn't have it. And so the beauty of having a mom and pop shop is that it is fluid and we can make, you know, empowered decisions and everything. We didn't have the ability when I came in to be proactive. So a lot of the decisions were really reactive. And it was really important for me to simply start bringing an awareness to being proactive as an option instead of reactive. And I can't tell you how many times I would use the phrase mom. Can we be proactive and not reactive? Dad, can we be proactive and not reactive? And I just, anytime we had a question, I brought the mindset of the proactive thing to do and the, the reactive thing to do. Reactive is that I could just like fight this fire. Proactive is that we can accept that we are where we are at and I can find a solution that is going to not answer the question now might cause frustration, but we can solve this for the next five years. It's going to take me time. I need space and grace. I'm going to make mistakes. I got frustrated so many times. I might lose it, but we need, we need to be proactive, not reactive. To be proactive, I need to solve this for five years. And, wow. and I just kept telling them, like, if we can get astronauts in space, we can figure out how to not get whatever. And... I think that's the biggest theme 
that was important for me that um, was a big a big value that I took from my experience in a different industry, but just how it translates so seamlessly. We're going to try it. We're going to change it. And when something is good, we're going to keep it. And if it's not good, we're going to kick it. Long answer from my previous experience, those are some two of the small things that kind of brought into the company. As you were talking, I immediately thought systems. As you know, I talk about systems on this podcast all the dang time because everyone comes on and says, I had this aha moment that I needed to systemize, operationalize every area of my business in order for it to run like a well-oiled machine. And systems is something I personally struggle with too. Service Titan is a gigantic company that's growing all the time. And I constantly struggle with systems because it's so hard to be um, not only the developer of the systems, but the, um, the executor of systems, the implementer of systems. And I'm glad that you kind of put it in a way that gives grace to people who are struggling and trying to formulate those right now. Cause I guarantee you there's some people listening right now who are like, Oh my goodness, thank God. It's so much harder for other. It's, it's just as hard for Ashley and Jackie as it is for me. Systems can be tricky. And I wish that some, I'm really difficult on myself and I'm having a realization in this moment. So thank you for that. I think in having a system systems kind of promote that we all have an answer, but then that kind of negates and goes against exactly what we just talked about of being able to listen. Yeah. And so I feel like there's like a, a weird, like, for lack of a better word, like a janky relationship between having a system and having an answer and having something that works and being able to listen to hear that sometimes it doesn't work. I think it's important to, to kind of just give yourself, yeah, the space that no system is ever perfect and to keep the human in the system because we are all humans. And actually, we have, a, we have one of our employees that she... I was talking to her and she's only, she's fairly new with us, maybe like six months. And she said, I knew that I was coming into a company that's going through rapid change, complex change, rapid growth. Like it's crazy. And not all day, like days are stressful. Days are manic. Like we're just, we're in it right now. And um, she said, but what I love is that like I'm making a difference. And I'm not a cog in a wheel because I've come from corporate and I am a cog in a wheel and I could be there or it could be anybody else. And systems, like for, for our company, because we have a lot of values in our team and we pride ourselves, fam like family first. I'm working with my mom. I'm working with my dad. I'm working with my sister. There's space. There's grace. Embrace the mistakes. Learn from the mistakes, but allow them. And in your systems as you're creating them, like I it's really important that we know it's not perfect. I, the word systems and policies and procedures, it still is kind of like a block in my brain. Um, it doesn't sound fun. That sounds lame. It doesn't sound like a job that I want to work at, but there's value in it. And so, you know, just for me, sometimes changing the word like, oh, it's, it's a game to create organization, simplicity, and uh, the Speed. ability to be proactive. Yeah. Everything that you yes. need to lay the base foundation of a business. Yes. And we have never been like, um, I mentioned before, I've been with the company for four years, but we haven't been at a place that we've been able to document any of our systems or procedures because they change so fast. And I was getting myself into like, just paralysis of like, just maybe paralysis is the wrong word, but I was just getting myself frozen and stuck in the place of, 
I made a change. I have to document the change. Then we have to do the ch another change. And then I have to document that change. But this change is old. So now I have to find this document to write this document. And my brain just went, pew. So I stopped. And it was like, hey, I'm making a change. We're trying it for three months. It's going to suck. And it's going to be awesome. Tell me what the suck is. Let's change it. Tell me what the wins are. Let's celebrate it. Let's write the wins down. And we'll have a list. And then I just have this huge mess. I honestly have a mess of documents that are unorganized and that's okay of like, this worked, this didn't work, this worked, this didn't work. And it's so unorganized and it's, it's overwhelming how much work there is to siphon through. And so I was like, huh, this is above me now. I did what I know how to do and now I don't know how to do anymore. I'm hiring an HR in-house HR specialist and she's going to help because now I think we're at a place that we have things that work and things that we're keeping. Let's bring her on. And she's so jazzed at how prepared and like in my world, I'm unorganized and it's chaotic. <laughs> she's using air quotes <laughs> to say prepared. In my world, I'm like chaotic and spastic. And in her world, she's like, wow, you guys like you're, at, you're at a cool beginning place. Like you have a strong foundation here. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you take it and you run with it. Cause now this is your, I'm passing the baton on to you. Yeah. I, when you were talking about the paralysis, I completely aligned with that. I felt that in my core because when you move so fast and you went from nine employees when you first joined the business to now you have 27, which is incredible. Uh, at 31 now. We're at 31. owners. We're at, I know. 31 now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So like that just goes to show how much the company has grown just in a few short years. So, and I could see how that could be so paralyzing because on one hand, you want to document these systems, you know, how, how helpful they are, you know, they allow you to be proactive, to be human, but still you're learning how this business is going to run the best and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to document that. So I can see how you can just like get in the mess and have your brain just pop like you were saying. And I would love to pivot a bit because I want to know how you've had to change and manage your own self-care routine to accommodate for this new role. And by the way, I'm loving talking about all things self-care on this podcast because <laughs> I think it's still pretty new to the trades and people are talking about it more and more and it makes me really happy. It's really easy to let our jobs get away from us. I, you know, we strive for work-life balance and we strive for 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. or 9 to 5 and for me, the reality that just wasn't happening. Um, so I was really clear in having a self-care checklist. And I actually worked with a coach around it. And we just kind of visualized. And I visualized what is self-care. And as a leader, if you think about a leader, I don't know, for the sake of the conversation, Oprah. Like, what does Oprah do to be Oprah every day? How does she make sure that on top of everything she's doing, she can also feed herself for or whatever it is. And so what, what are these people doing? At the time, it was like, I need to drink water. Great. What is the support that I need to drink water? Well, I just need a water bottle. Cool. Got to the point that I'm now working so much that my water bottle is on my desk. It actually is. But it's still full from this morning and I haven't looked at it once. And I am realizing I've had, I've had a hot chocolate today, but I haven't had any water. And something as simple as that, it's, it's really hard to find that balance. Um, uh, like eating, I'm finding it's really hard to eat because I am working so much that I'm on the phone, I'm in a meeting, 
people are coming in and wanting to ask me a question and I'm so passionate about my people, but I'm not eating and now it's 2 p.m. and I'm having my breakfast. And it was just such a slow progression of that happening. Uh, starting, I was like, I have this list. I have my support system. It's going to be great Monday to Friday, nine to five, no more shift work. And it, you know, much like listening, it's it's evolving. My my self care is never complete, and it's something that needs to change and adapt and grow. And I'm finding it's growing as the business is growing, um, and I'm in the process of of actually redeveloping it now as well. Um, I'm really keen aesthetic, and I have a lot of energy, and I'm more and more aware of it the longer I'm in an office setting, sitting especially what was happening was I was coming in earlier and staying later. So 12 hour days were very, very normal because I need to work in the business and on the business and there's no balance in that. And I have, I, some people are going to laugh, but I had the luxury. I don't, I don't have kids to go home to. I don't have um, a husband that I need to make food for. If you make food for them, I don't know, but I had the luxury that I was living like, bachelorette life so working 12 hours a day work hard play hard was really easy for me um but as things you know i'm changing and growing and it's not happening anymore so as uh self-care is now getting more and more important i think it used to be simple of well you need to drink water and eat three times a day and and leaders um they read books and they do all these fun cool things and they like go for drinks on friday night with their friends and they laugh about work over martinis and it's wonderful and in reality it's like well i'm still at work and it's saturday at 2 p.m now so really figuring out i had to get really serious with myself on who i am and what do i need and where am i going and having a vision of who do i want to be being proactive um, and again, like I, I work with a coach and if people have the opportunity, like it has been life changing for me, setting a vision, setting an intention and working backwards from it to attain it, to be able to get over some of the hurdles and barriers that are naturally going to happen. And I've tried everything. So like I kind of was starting to say before, I'm very keen aesthetic and I need to move my body a lot. And that is in total, um, opposite of me sitting at my desk coming in for 7 a.m and leaving at 6 p.m there's not a lot of time in a day to move my body and i was starting to get really frustrated and and there's other symptoms that are starting to come up but the root of the issue when you actually ask yourself okay why 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 i'm not moving my body i kind of made it a game because i think everything can be a game because we can have fun even though we're adults and we work lots we can have fun i said all right I am going to, I'm going to take all of the classes that I never took as a child. I never took dance classes and I've always wanted to take dance classes. So I would just do drop-in classes and try something new and make it spontaneous. And, and I was just like, yes, drop in here, drop in there. We're going to do this, 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 this. It was very spitfire. It was wonderful. Uh, and, and as again, things are changing and progressing. I wasn't, I lost the ability to be spontaneous where, um, dropping classes were really hard because my schedule was in conflict. So I needed to now proactively say, I need to get out, out of the office at 5 PM. And I used my need to physically move my body as a support 
to get out of the office at a reasonable time. So I signed up for um, uh, boot camp. So I had her to hold me accountable to being at boot camp at 5.30 once a week. I was out of the office. And that was wonderful and great until now all of a sudden boot camp wasn't enough to move my body. So great. We're going to switch it up again. And recognizing we all have patterns and being able to kind of recognize, hey, every three months, I just need to switch up. And that's okay. If I don't switch up my workout routine in a year from now, I'm going to be frustrated. I want to switch up my job but that's not what I want. So again, being proactive and knowing we all have patterns and symptoms. Um, I really believe we all have like, oh shit moments. And so everything is good. Everything is good. Everything is fine. Things are kind of difficult. I'm having a tough day. I don't like this. Oh shit. And your oh shit moment is your break it where you're going to lose it and you're going to need to make drastic changes. People change their careers. People get out of their relationships and they do all these things because they've hit it. So, my self-care is really about, um, and again, it's changing. My self-care is about learning where my oh shit moment is and working backwards. So when I recognize a pattern of myself of um, everything's okay, everything's fine. When I'm in that everything is okay, everything is fine. It's like that's a red flag for me that I need to switch something up. And it's generally in my self-care. I love my job. I love working with my family. I love the challenges that every day brings. I love celebrating the successes where, you know, I I never thought we'd see this success and we have it and we can celebrate it. And I love these things. And some days it's just like cloudy and foggy and we don't like things and we want to change things. So self-care for me is just really being proactive to know what are the things that work to move my body, to make sure I'm like literally as simple as it is, like I need a support to eat food and to drink water because it's really easy for me to just work 12 hours a day and then go home and like just pick up food on the way home and then continue to work or not work. So self-care has been CrossFit. Self-care has been dance lessons. It's been kickboxing. It has been going out for drinks with friends. Self-care has been, um, going on runs, having a dog, self-care can look like absolutely anything as long as it's intentional that that's what it is. You know, self-care can sometimes be drinking the whole bottle of wine um, as long as you know that that's that's just what I need to get through where I am, but setting the attention because drinking the whole bottle of wine can also be self-destructive um, as well. I was having a conversation with one of my girlfriends yesterday and, you know, the job is just the task of what we're doing and, and anyone can do the task, but I think the actual balancing of self-care is the work. How yeah. do you work? How do you play? How do you take care of yourself? And that genuinely is the work, especially if you have kids and a family, like whew, all the power to you. If you can balance a full-time job, especially if you're a business owner, my goodness, how do you self-care? Call me. <laughs> So I just want to say that as you're talking, I'm envisioning you, you're kind of on these, like two, these parallel paths. One of them is watching the business and creating systems for the business and monitor, being proactive, trying to be as proactive as you can with the business while also being proactive with yourself. I also had this aha moment, by the way, to everyone listening, I sent Ashley questions and she's just been such a wealth of information. I'm totally going off script, uh, but that's okay. That's what makes the podcast fun and spontaneous. <laughs> I actually want to say to you, I think 
you may be, and I've been doing this job for a long time. I think I'm not married either. I also don't have kids. Um, I think you may be the, one of the only GM female women in the trays I've spoken to who doesn't have that family component. And I don't mean that in an alienating way. I mean that in a, oh my goodness, it's, I'm finally seeing myself in the trades position. So I'm very curious as a woman in the trades, who's living that bachelorette life, as you said, so yourself, what do you want other contractors to know about working with incredibly talented and strategic female thinkers like yourself? Or fierce. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would Um, agree. I'm a little biased, but like, I agree. I can only speak for myself because everyone comes from such a different background. I, um, my situation is also unique because I work with my family. Um, so I am with my mom. I am with my dad. I am with my sister and I do have a brother. He is not in the industry, but we are all very close and family dinners are often talking about work. Um, I think working with strong women, for for myself, communication is a big piece. For myself, I see it as a luxury that I get to put a lot of my energy and excitement into the business. And I have a lot of vision and I love what I do. And so it can be so energizing some days and it can also be very taxing some days as anything can be. And it's important to know what your limits are because it's so easy to um, reframe. Because I have fun what I do, I could literally do it all the time. And there's always something to do. And I think I've had to really learn patience that lots of things come naturally. Like we were talking about systems. If it was up to me and my deadline, I'm like three years late that we don't have systems and policies and procedures. I'm like so, so far behind and I'm failing based on my standard because I have the time Um, where I look at my sister who does have two children and a husband and she works in another town and has more of a commute than me and things just take longer and there's so much more value in like the relationships are really important and to give yourself the time and the space and to set those boundaries that because I have the capacity doesn't mean that everyone else does the does have the capacity and there's lots of places where you know my sister is so amazing at juggling 15,000 things because she's working and her kid is sick and her husband is out of town and Her other kid is, I don't know, has a swimming lesson or something and she's still at work. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but when do you feed them? How do you, (laughs) are you drinking water? So, you know, it's her ability to multitask is so, I'm just so inspired by her ability to like keep going and move and adapt and mold. And she's like, Things are everywhere. How are you doing this? Um, where for me in my life, I've, I've really honed in on like, I like structure. I like predictability. Um, when things aren't predictable, I like I like chaos that I can predict and I will just work on predicting it because everything is a pattern. I guess I don't really see the difference having a family or not having a family and how it really affects what my capacity or capability is. But I think it's because I don't really know different. 
Um, I see there's so many strengths in being able to focus a lot of my energy and a lot of it comes as a passion. My passion comes from I'm in this company to support my family. And I see this as like the best gift I could ever give my parents because I'm actually working for their retirement and for their quality of life in the next chapter of their life when they're ready to retire. So like my why is really, really, really family rooted and strong. And there's not a lot that will shake me from that. Um, so I see a lot of strengths. I also see that, yeah, everyone, everyone has their own why and there can be a balance between family and not. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in or what occupation, yeah, what industry, what occupation you have. It's, it's what, what is your why? And you're going to make it happen, I guess. Thank you so much for entertaining me on that incredibly complex question. I just have to be honest with you. And I apologize to my producer for asking this very loaded question. It's just for me, it was just so exciting. I had that aha moment while we were talking because I'm like for the, for me as someone who works in the trades and works with so many customers, for example, and this is not a knock on anyone by any means, I'm not sure if you've experienced this. And by the way, Ashley, I have no idea if this is going to stay in, but I just want to talk to you about Good, this. Yes. How many times, like how many times people have just assumed with me and said, oh, how many kids do I have? Or, um, yeah. oh, so what does your husband do? And it's like, I don't have a husband. I don't have kids. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think it's really, when we talk about diversity in the trades, you know, we talk about women in the trades. And a lot of the women I see in the trades are women who have families. In fact, we've highlighted that in a lot of these past episodes. And for me, I don't want to disparage that life, that way of life at all. I think it's incredible. And to mm-hmm. your point, like with your sister, like how the hell do you do it? I have no idea. And I just got really excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm finally talking to someone in the trades who kind of has a similar situation that I have. So I just wanted to pick your brain about it. It just got me really excited even to that point it's my sister like grew up I remember as kids she knew she wanted to be a mom that's like what she wanted all of her life my sister too my sister too Uh, (laughs) and I was like I remember I remember being at my grandparents there's a picture of my grandparents right like right around the corner because I'm in my dad's office and I remember being at their um uh what was it their like 40th wedding anniversary maybe and I was five and I remember being we're Ukrainian, and so we call them Baba and Dito. And I remember going to my aunt and being like, I don't want kids. I want to be like Baba. And she doesn't have kids. And look, she has so much fun, and I don't want kids. And I was the child. And I, I don't know why. I don't know where that came from, but I really remember that. And I remember my aunt being like, Ashley, there's five of us. She had five children. And I was like, yeah, but I want to be like Baba. She doesn't have kids. And I've just, I've like, I don't know. I've just never had the maternal instinct. I love children. I have like too. 12 or 15 children that call me auntie and they fill my heart with so much joy. It's for me personally, it's not something that I have felt that I need in my life to be able to nurture because I feel like where my excitement and where my nurture is right now is in this company and like just in business in general. I, I, I don't know. So I think... Where I get more, maybe in Canada it might be different. I don't know. I don't, I do get a lot of questions like, do you have kids? Do you have kids? It's more so when I take my nieces to the swimming pool and people are like, oh, your mom. Oh, that's your mom. Nope, not your mom. 
where I see a lot of just difference in being a woman in the trade, it's more so with the relationship between being my father's daughter, because my dad is really, really, really well known in the industry. And when I first came into the business, I really, really had to push up against the boss's daughter. And I was just the boss's daughter who was given a job, who we have to answer to. We're a team. We all work on the same level. Like, I I have a title of a general manager, which I'm trying to change to a director, which is new because I was an operations manager. And it's operations because I didn't want to be a manager of any people. Because I'm a leader and I want other people to, I want to lead by example. And so really having to come against the the boss's daughter, that was a challenge because there's a lot that I did behind the scenes um, to make changes. I used to write emails from my dad's email and have it sent with his signature because it wasn't going to be received well. And I now still to this day have leaders in place in different departments that I will relay messages and speak to so that they can speak to the techs. Because for me and technicians, I'm not a technician. I do not speak technician. I need, uh, it's important for me to still relate to them without offending them or speaking like I know it all. And I recognize we speak a different language. So I think a women in the trade, just being a woman in the trade, coming from a background that's not technician, that's been a lot more of the like up against so to speak where i'm gonna name drop him he's a technician now we brought him in the office his name is grant grant is incredible if you ever talk to grant from coastal heat pumps tell him he's awesome i speak to grant a lot and we share ideas back and forth and i will bring some of my visions and partner with him and i've just partnered with key people and it's his job to relay the information to the tech because he can speak the tech language that I can't. And where we might have the same message, it's received so different. Um, that's That's been a, a lot of the learning. And it's it's not been easy. There's been many conflicts. Conflicts are real. Emotions get high. Emotions are very natural. And, but it doesn't mean that we can give up. If we see it like it's a game, we just get to play another game. 2.0, let's switch it up. Um, but yeah, the, the boss's daughter was really, uh, was really, uh, that was a real one. And in leadership, I'm learning that sometimes questions can actually be intimidating or difficult or be a like, trigger for defensiveness when a leader is asking a question and a leader isn't giving an answer or a direction. Uh, and that, like, that's something I'm working against now. And so just being a woman in a, in a professional environment and choosing a professional career and not, I, I have not focused on my family and family development. I think a trend when we want to relate to people is that it's easy to relate to people with where they're at. Hey, 30s, husband, kids, whatever. And so sometimes it's learning um, how to relate in a different way. And so when people are asking me like, oh, do you have kids? No. Don't let the conversation end there. Either make a joke of it or, you know, why don't, oh, I love this one. Why don't you have a husband? Why don't you have kids? Why? It's like, yeah, like, it doesn't matter why I don't. I'm like, it's not for lack of trying, Bob. (laughs) I don't know why I chose Bob. I chose Bob. He's the director. He's the director of my department and he might listen to this. Hey, Bob. He never yeah. asked me. I just know why he came to my mind. But yeah, no, yeah. I like and, it. Staying curious, listening, 
going back totally. to all of that, don't let the conversation yeah. end there. And, and yeah, don't let it end there because, you know, reframing it uh, from a curious point of view, I'm curious if they're only bringing it up because they're wanting to build a relationship with me. From curiosity, are you asking me because you're trying to relate to me? Because if you are, then I really want to like keep the conversation. Actually, I don't. Or like, uh, maybe, maybe one day, not today. I don't think it's happening yeah. tomorrow either. And it, it's not a, it's, it's like not a judgment or anything. And also, I should preface, I, I started in the company as Bachelorette Living Bachelorette Life. I do have a partner now. So if he does listen to this podcast, if we could just give him, give him the credit. Give him the shout give him the credit. Out. I, am, yeah. I am not, I am not single, but he owns a business. I'm working high up with my, with my family's business. We're very invested in our work and choosing professional is, is there's nothing wrong with that. It's everyone's, everyone's choice. And there's different ways to still relate to people. And I actually like to ask people like, okay, seriously, you have kids. How do you feed yourself? I'm working on feeding myself and I don't have kids. So how do you do it? And like having kids is your superpower and not having kids is my superpower. Let's like, like, let's talk about it. And what I secretly love, I don't know, maybe this shouldn't be kept in. What I love is I like to get curious and I ask people this, I'll be like, oh, you have kids? Cool. Would you do it again? And I know, but listen, we love kids. There's nothing wrong with kids. Kids are amazing and they're so hard killing. I have had people like, honestly be like, do you know what? I love my kids. I'm I would never give them up. If I knew what I know now, I maybe not have, would not have had kids. And again, not a judgment. That's really cool. What do you love about it? What are the challenges? And they're like, I actually like miss gaming. And you're like, oh yeah, that's fair. And, and you could just, why, why don't you have kids? Well, why do you have kids? It's everyone's choice. And, and I think it's just how you approach it. Just be curious and laugh. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I love this conversation so much. We are going to wrap this up because my producer is going to kill me for how long this is going. And I know my goodness. Don't worry. His name is Rob. He's lovely. He's uh he's like, Oh, Jackie. Um, we'll wrap it up with this. If you had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be, Ashley? Oh, um, I, there is, um, Hey, Hey, We're the Monkeys. Or, nice. um, I think the one that I actually would, that lands more is Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bob Marley. I mean, obviously, like based on this entire conversation, that kind of lands for the whole, your whole <laughs> vibe, which I can't say again, how much I loved. Ashley, this was a lovely conversation. I loved getting to know you. Thank you so much for being a guest on Toolbox for the Trades. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm like fangirling over here in the corner. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hey, Toolbox listener, if you enjoy Toolbox for the Trades, then I would love it if you left us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps the show grow and helps us get discovered by more contractors like you. Are you looking to build a top-tier service company? Service Titan's Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go. Authored by the industry's greatest minds, this free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service 
establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash getplaybook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash getplaybook.